hello. Welcome into another edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and as always, I am joined today by my co-host Cullen Logsdon. Hey. And Andy McDonald. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Andy on Twitter at baseball under it's actually changed oh you Just changed, changed it. it this week what'd you change it to andy underscore mcdonald 23 new one oh, pretty easy nice yep i to make it more simple it's like, a cullen underscore logsdon yep yep and mine is vaughn underscore lozon so noticing a trend here we should put 23 at the end of ours too that yeah. way we can all that make it easier <laughs> for the view for podcast the pros that yeah yep. that would make it a lot easier so we're gonna talk baseball we're gonna talk u of m msu we're gonna get into some pistons and some wings but I want to start off with the World Series because this has become a really interesting World Series and one of the better ones that I've seen within the past five five or so years. Uh, remember, the Tigers got blown out every game by the Giants. That was a terrible World Series. Um, last year's World Series was okay with Kansas City. You know, I didn't want to see them win or anything. I didn't even watch yeah, it, no. to be honest. You didn't watch any of it? No. It was an okay series, but this series is shaping up to be an instant classic. Cleveland... Great. Dominated the Cubs in Game One six nothing. The Chicago came back, tied it up, and then Cleveland took the next two uh, one nothing. They dominated in Game Three uh, with the pitching, not so much the offense. And then they took a Game Four seven to two. Chicago last night wins two three to ago, two. Yeah. T- uh, two nights ago, pardon me, won three to two uh, in large part because of Chris Bryant's clutch home run. At the beginning of that inning, Anthony Rizzo nearly went back-to-back with him. He hit a double uh, that went off the wall. Um, they got their offense going. That was basically all the offense they needed because Araldis Chapman came in. He was clutch. John Lester pitched an amazing game. So it's going back to Cleveland for Game 6 and Game 7. Do you guys think that it ends tonight for Game 6, Colin? No, I think the Cubs will win tonight. Um, I think they're finally starting to get the offense going a little bit. Finally, starting to get some some confidence. And I think being in being at Cleveland, it's actually it's help. I think it'll help them because of Schwarber. Because you get Schwarber back, and I think the pressure being at Wrigley is really what's been slowing them down. Mm-hmm. I think because it's such a big moment, the fans are so excited. Yeah. I think it's made them really nervous, and that's why they haven't been hitting as well. And yeah, having Schwarber back will be huge. So I don't think it ends tonight. I'm I'm also don't think it ends tonight. I'm I'm think Arietta. I'm taking him over Tomlin. I don't have trust in Tomlin to close out a series. And I also agree with Cullen in the fact mm-hmm. that I really think that that being at home and Wrigley and everything has put a lot of pressure on the Cubs. And it's been a lot of the reason they haven't been playing good right now. But I think that win gives a little bit of momentum going into these last two games. I definitely think they win the night and force game seven. I think they win tonight too, just because of Jake Arietta. He's the best pitcher that they have on the team. Even though they went with Lester for game one. I think Arietta is the more well-rounded pitcher he has been for the past couple of years. Getting Schwarber back is going to be huge. That bat is just, it's unreal what he's been able to do just in the playoffs. And he's really only come alive in the playoffs. Last year, he had five home runs. That's a Chicago Cubs uh, playoff record. As a rookie. As a rookie. <laughs> Uh, and then, as we all know, he got injured early in the season this year. Uh, he tore his ACL and some other knee ligaments in there, but then he's come back. He's only able to play DH. He's not able to play outfield or anything like that. <laughs> Definitely not catcher because of that knee. Yeah. But I do think that the Cubs will win tonight, but do you guys think that the Cubs will win the entire series? Do you think that they can take two at Cleveland? I can't. I, I don't think so. I I think that Corey Kluber is too much. I think he's been too good throughout the whole postseason <clears throat> and playing at home and everything else. It'd be a huge disappointment for the city of Chicago. But I really I don't see them being able to beat the Indians two times in a row at home with this much magnitude in the series. I'm taking Cleveland in seven. 
Not so fast, my friend. I knew it was going not to sound like not going. to sound like a homer, but I am going to be a little bit. The Cubs, Colin is the a Cubs, huge Chicago Cubs fan. The, the Cubs had the best record during the regular season for a reason. True. Best offense, maybe the best overall pitching. Cleveland has had their number so far in the series. I think having Schwarber back, having that pressure off. I think the Cubs. I think they've been a team of destiny this year, and I think the Indians. I think they're going to choke in Game Six and Seven. I think you're going to see it. Um, the LeBron curse is going to come back and hit the Indians, and uh. I'm taking my Cubbies in seven. I really think it can go either way. I mean, that's that's the thing, the beauty of it. I think that this series could go either way. So, but I just, I don't know, man. I just got a feeling that Cleveland is going to close it out. I think it's going to be. I think both games are very close, though. I don't think either one's a blowout. So, we'll see. We'll yeah, see I agree come. with that. I don't think either yeah. game is going to be a blowout. I think they're going to both be relatively close, just because their arms must be so mm. tired. I mean, exactly. you're throwing out Lester every other game. You're throwing out <coughs> Kluber. <coughs> All the time, mm-hmm. I, he, Kluber has got to be. Just That's why I'm thinking we can win in seven because right I think now. all that pitching is finally going to catch up to Kluber. Exactly. I think so too. And it, the Cubs seen him twice around already. I think that's definitely going to help them. Andrew oh, Miller, no. it doesn't matter how many pitches he throws. He <laughs> he was a natural starter when he came up yeah. with, with the Detroit Tigers, and then yep. he went to Miami, um, and then he kind of that with Baltimore. He kind of evolved Yankees. into. He's been all over. He he was a middle reliever guy to throw in in the sixth inning when you need like two or three innings of of relief. But then he really really evolved when he was with Boston when he hmm. finally got to that closer role. And I think that that is a very versatile role for him just because of how long he can go out for. Uh, and you saw Chapman do it the other night too. I didn't think Chapman could do that. And that wasn't even his career Those high in pitches he threw last and two nights ago either. That was insane. Did he do all three innings or was it late? I think it was two and two thirds. He went two and two thirds, yeah. That's ridiculous so, for a closer. Especially for a guy that throws 103 miles an hour. That's just, you don't it, hear about that. In his <laughs> last pitch, insane. his 42nd pitch was 101. It was 101 and it struck the guy out at the end of the game. Just, it was incredible. But so Cleveland was able to shut out Chicago in game one, they were able to shut them out in game three. They held them to two runs in Game Four and just three runs two nights ago. What what's up with the bats? I don't know what it's been. I, Cleveland, you got to give them credit because they have an unbelievable pitching staff. They've been doing this to everyone in the playoffs, so it's not like they're just doing this just to the Cubs. Like this is what's gotten yeah. them to the World Series. They don't really have that great of a lineup. They've been mm-hmm. relying on their pitching, so I got to give them credit. And the Cubs, I think maybe the moment's just been getting to them. They are young. A lot of them don't have that much playoff experience. Maybe that has to do. With, maybe that has to be a factor, but. Yeah. They really have got to get it going and uh, open it up in game six and seven. I, I think Cleveland just kind of played off their pitching all season, really. I think that's how it started, how they started getting the record that they had and everything else. And mm. I guess when it comes down to the Cubs being cold, I still go back to the fact that them playing at home, I just think all that pressure got on those players like that. Because in, in my mind, no doubt, the Cubs are the best team in the MLB this season throughout the whole season. I just think it's the pressure and not, I mean, obviously not being there in a while or maybe not a lot of these players being in this situation, the World Series, with the magnitude of that high. Mm-hmm. I think when you put Cleveland's pitching together and then those factors mm-hmm. in, I think that's the reason they got so cold. And maybe they can figure it out now going in, maybe get momentum with that last win, but we'll see. You can definitely see it in some of their faces. Addison Russell's definitely Javier Baez. He has been brutal in this World Series. Just nice. uh, He has really extended his mm-hmm. strike zone to... Way outside, <laughs> just Which, swinging yeah. at basically and He was the core MVP of the NLCS too. I know him and Lester. And he was phenomenal. So I don't know what's going on with him now. He's the getting defense too nervous. is still stellar, but we'll see if they can rebound tonight, and we'll see if they can uh, force a game seven. I hope yep. they do because yeah. I picked uh, the Cubs before the postseason started. Um, yep. I picked the Giants originally. Changed my uh, changed my pick to the Cubs. Colin's been going with the Cubs all season, so. 
and he's a huge Cubs fan. So right. go Cubs, go fly the W. Go Cubs, go. So I, <laughs> I now want to switch to college football, and this is probably the moment that you guys have been waiting for to talk <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan <laughs> State. It was a huge game this past weekend. Michigan won. <laughs> they rolled over Michigan State for most of the game. Michigan State had a pretty good comeback in the fourth quarter. Michigan ended up winning 32 to 23. Right? Yep. 32-23. They went for that two-point conversion on one of their final plays, and Jabril Peppers returned a fumble for the other way. Uh, they got two points. They had 30 originally, and they ended with 32. Guys, were you surprised that this game ended up being so close? I mean, not really, because it's a rivalry game. I mean, I, I think Michigan controlled this game for the most part, and I think a couple of key mistakes really like made the game closer than it was when it was 30-10. to 10. Um, you know, Wilton Spate, he made one bad decision, I think, all day passing. It was that interception. They yep. were driving down the field right there, and I think they would have scored a touchdown on that drive. And you take another one where mm-hmm. I think they were down around somewhere like the 15 to 10 yard line. They got a couple penalties that backed them up um, a few yards, and I think you score another touchdown there instead of having to kick a field goal. So I think the game was closer because of a couple of mistakes by Michigan, but I'm not really surprised because Michigan State, I mean, that, that that's their season right there. I think playing that game. That meant everything to them, and you could tell just by the way that the players responded. Yeah. Um. You know, just that first drive. I mean, the way that they came out of the gates, but the way that Michigan responded to that first drive also—that's what a number two team in the country does. How you respond like that. But they rose to the occasion. That's, yeah. That's for sure. Exactly, and you know, just a big game on the road. But I, I think, I think I'm not really surprised by how close the game was. But I, I think you just have to look at it from an overall perspective. I think Michigan controlled most of that game. Wasn't really as close as it looked. So. Yeah, the score definitely wasn't as close as the uh, the actual game looked. Um, yeah, I think you said state uh, rose to the occasion. That game means everything to them. Everything to them. It should mean everything to Michigan too. Yeah. So I wanted to see more passion out of the defense. I Very wanted to see true. more of a pass rush. They've dominated every offensive line the whole season. They couldn't get mm-hmm. any pressure on O'Connor, Lewerke, or Terry the whole game. No, no, they couldn't. I don't know what happened to that. I don't know where the missed tackles came from. They weren't doing that all year. Yeah. So disappointing on the defensive side. Offensively. Like you said, the interception is really what I think the second half. They saw that. We're like, hey, we can't give this game away. Exactly. Let's be conservative, protect the ball. Because up until that drive, we scored on every single possession. Yeah, wasn't yeah. After that bad point. decision, I think we would have scored a touchdown on that drive. It wasn't exactly. for that. That's what slowed all the momentum in Harbaugh and uh, Tim Drevenoff. It's corner. We're like, hey, we can't get the ball away. Let's just run it. Let's do. Let's be cautious. We'll just punt the ball away. Rely on our defense, which uh, didn't have its best game. Yeah. I found it very surprising that they brought three QBs in, all their quarterbacks they brought in. Uh, they started Tyler O'Connor, then they brought in Damian Terry later on, but then they brought in Brian Lewerke, which I found pretty surprising. I didn't think he was going to get any playing time. He ends up breaking his leg, but he looked like the better QB of the three. So do you think that the game would have kind of flip-flopped if if he would have started the entire game? Well, did you guys hear D'Antonio's comment on why he put all three of them in? Why? No. He, why did he, he do He put it? all three of them in because he want, his, his quote was that he wanted to get all three of them experience in the rivalry game. That was what his that? legit Don't you quote. just want to win the game? I swear to you. That, yeah, that was – and that's I mean, he wanted oh to get all of them experience. Whatever. I mean – I mean, Damian Terry actually looked decent on the drive. Right. I mean, running, like, running the ball. Running the ball, but yeah, then he couldn't pass. I was going to say running he the ball. He, he, so, he went over I mean, passing. They, they seem to be able to move the ball. They just couldn't finish a drive against Michigan's defense. But, no, I, I mean, I think if you leave O'Connor in the whole game, because, like I said, they were moving the ball decently. He wasn't passing good. But they were still moving the ball on the field. It just seemed like Michigan would stop them every time they get close. I think if you leave O'Connor in, it gives you a better chance for most hmm. of the game. 
I think Lewerke, they should have started him from the beginning. O'Connor's well, yeah, he, been horrible. Yeah. You saw the one interception to Jordan bad. Lewis right before the half. You can't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, that was, that That's was a huge bad. swing right there. Um, what really frustrated me was the non-holding calls in State's O-line the whole game. And the final two drives, oh my God, the only reason State scored those final couple touchdowns was because the refs kept th- were throwing a penalty every time. I'm refreshing my Twitter feed and looking at the game like, another penalty? <laughs> like, this is getting out of hand. It was a joke. Um, the first touchdown they had in Madaris, I'm pretty sure there was a fourth down they got where he dropped it. They reviewed it and still called it a catch. That, that touchdown should never happen. Yeah. The refs are really bad in this game. Consistently they, they bad. Keep, I, you never want to yeah. say, you know, you know, you know, people are always saying, you know, the refs are against your team. They really did help State get those final couple points in those last oh, yeah. drives. But Michigan's defense has got to play better. Yeah. You can't let an offense, an O-line that, that that bad do that to you, the final couple drives. You have to dominate them up front and control that game. Plenty of room for improvement. Delano Hill and Channing Stribling especially have got to pick it up. Stribling had a really rough game, in my he opinion. He, he had that missed uh, uh, body tackle mm-hmm. on LJ Scott. Mm-hmm. That was just... That was one of the worst attempts at a tackle that I've yeah. seen this season out of yeah. He choked. He definitely did. Delano Hill did have a pretty rough game as well. Yeah. Um, but Jabril Peppers, obviously, he turned it up. He had the safety. He had a sack. He had a rushing touchdown. Everything. So is Everything. he the front runner the for the Heisman for you guys? He's second right now because Lamar Jackson's yeah. just putting a video Lamar game. Lamar I still think Lamar be, Jackson. He, I, I think even though they almost right lost to Virginia this past but week. He's, but he's the one who brought them back and had the game when he touched down. Yeah. So everyone said that's his Heisman moment right there. Him blowing up early in the season's got him where he's at right now. And yeah. I don't, yeah. in, unless it's, he has a bad game, it's I don't see it. It's a very weak non conference schedule. It's really inflating his numbers. Mm-hmm. At this day and age in college football, it's pretty, it's a quarterback award. Exactly. It's like nine of the last ten have been quarterbacks. Even Pepper said it's an offensive award. He's just doing whatever he can just to win. I don't think he's even looking at the Heisman Trophy, but the fact that he's in that conversation is the only defensive guy. It's incredible. He's number two right now, which what all the experts are saying. So for him just to get invited to New York would be a big win for Michigan. That'd oh, be cool. For sure. Just not being biased, I think he's got a legitimate shot. If he, he if does. he, yeah, oh, he does. he's got a shot. Yeah, I, yeah I'm just I still think thinking he's number he one. He will get to the finals. He'll be a finalist oh, for yeah. sure. Um just because of what he's already done this season. He has a punt return touchdown. He's played quarterback. He's played mm-hmm. running back. He's played basically. Well, he excels at he all He plays of them too. everywhere, and he's dominant at every position he plays. Lamar Jackson, sure, he's a good quarterback. He can run. He can throw. He can do everything. Mm-hmm. But his team hasn't really been helping him out. He had to have a comeback victory against Virginia. I legitimately thought Virginia was going to beat them on Saturday. Did and you that guys watch that, that game That would have really hurt yeah, his no, I did. chances. It would have been. Yeah, I think that they would have been gone. Um, well, I don't know, gone. But it would have it hurt, hurt, him. hurt it a lot. Peppers, yeah, would, be the, Peppers the, would be the front runner. Just because right now. of the Robert Griffin the third Heisman the one season yeah, when they yeah. had like three or four losses. Well, and Tim Tebow in Florida too. The one year they won. And that Tim great. Tebow, so yeah. it's never always the team that's in the championship. I mean, I've, do you guys agree? Do you think that Peppers is probably like Michigan's MVP? Like he's the most important player on their team? Oh, by no far. question. I, yeah, yeah I, if I, he's I, if he's one of the top guys for the Heisman, he's definitely the best on his own team. He just seems to do. Go Everything ahead. fundamentally right, and he seems to be the yeah. the person that's getting them these big plays to get wins. And I, I just don't even understand how people can call him overrated because I still hear that. Oh my like gosh. around, and it's just he doesn't have an interception. He's not that good. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, just shut up. That I'm is, so sick of that, the stupid interception thing. Yeah, that is key. I think that I think he does need a couple of those and maybe one return for a touchdown to get him to get that Heisman. I think he needs something to push him over At least the edge to really he'll get an interception. Do you think? He yeah, needs a specific play to get him. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like a in the Ohio State game. He needs like a punt return touchdown. Yep. Or he needs like a wildcat, like fifty like yard Desmond run. Howard, yeah. yes, you like got a high moment like that, yep. especially in the biggest game. That Lamar Jackson doesn't have any more games like that. Any games that are in the limelight against like a top team. Well, it would have been so Houston, Peppers, but they've been very underwhelming the past few mm-hmm. yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. 
So Peppers has his chance. Lamar Jackson doesn't. Peppers has more gain to ground, more ground to gain than uh, Jackson does. Fully. I agree as well. Let's switch over to some hockey and basketball. We're going to talk about the Wings and Pistons a little conjoined here. So they've started off their season. They've been doing pretty well, especially, surprisingly, the Red Wings. I didn't think that they would be off to this good of a start as they are. They lost their first two games to Tampa Bay and Florida, both on the road. But then they won six straight, and now they've lost two straight again, both at home to Boston and Florida again. But that six-game winning streak really surprised me. They won against Ottawa, against the Rangers, against Nashville, San Jose, um, St. Louis, and then Carolina. So those aren't just easy mm-hmm. games. Those no, aren't cupcake wins. games. And the one against St. Louis was in a shootout. They won a shootout game. Is that, yeah. They I was watching that. And it, oh, my God. How many rounds did they have? Like it, went, it went nine? to like eight or nine. <laughs> I think Zetterberg had the winning one. Zetterberg had the winning one, yep. Um, but I was surprised at that just because of how bad that they've been. Within the past Crazy. five or so years yeah. of shootouts, it's it's been rough for mm-hmm. them. And then the Pistons, they've only played three games, but they've looked pretty good in all three. They lost uh, their opening game to Toronto, 109-91. But Tobias Harris had 22 points, Ish Smith 7 assists. Um, they had some pretty good team basketball going on in that game, even though they lost. That's still a tough game. But then they come back home, they play Orlando, and then they play Milwaukee, and they win both of those handily. They beat the Magic 108 to 82, and they beat Milwaukee 98 to 83. With the recent success of both these teams, do you think that both of them can get to the playoffs for the second straight year? And by second straight year, I mean that they both get in in the same season for the second straight year. Obviously, the Red Wings have been in since since uh, long before we were born. Yeah. But uh, do you guys think that they can do it for a second straight year? I definitely think they can. I think they both have a good mix of young talent. Uh, the Rebings obviously have some good veterans, too. I like what they're both doing. I think they're both uh, not in that great of conferences. I definitely think the Pistons will make it because they've been getting better every year. I, I, yeah. I project the Pistons to get, like, the fifth seed. And I think the Rebings will sneak in and get the, uh, I think, the six or seven. They were up to two when they were at that six-game win streak. They were number two seed right behind uh, Montreal looking great. Yeah. Lost the last two. I think we're back down to, like, the fifth seed or something like that. But I think both will, will, will find their way in the playoffs, and it'll be a good year uh, in Detroit. I, I can agree with that. I think that both teams will make mm-hmm. it. I was a little nervous about the Red Wings coming into the season, to be honest, more nervous than I ever have been in my life with this team to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, putting together six wins in a row like that, I think that they're playing good right now. they got a good mix of veterans and younger players. I think the goaltending has actually been pretty good. I know it wasn't very good on Sunday, but it, it has been decent and kept them in some games, I think. And I look at when you talk about the Pistons, um, so far through three games, they've looked good. And I think the scare of Reggie Jackson being out right now, I think this team has enough talent around that issue that they can keep getting enough wins to push them still into the playoffs. When they get him back, I don't think it'll be a problem at all. So I think the Pistons could shoot for a higher seed like that this year, like six or five. Yeah, I think the Pistons will definitely make it just because of how weak the Eastern Conference is. Obviously, you still have LeBron and Cleveland. You still have Toronto up there with DeMar DeRozan and all those guys. Boston's getting better. They got Al Horford. Um, Chicago's been really good, too, with Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. I'm still not really convinced about the Red Wings just because of the defense problems that they've had. Mm -hmm. If they lose, they typically lose big. So their last few games that they've lost, minus the Boston game, that was 1-0. That was just a defense game all, all around. But... Florida beat Detroit the first time four to one, and then Tampa Bay beat them six to four. Really bad defense in that first game; it was dreadful. And then Florida beat them again five to two. They can't. Be, the Florida teams are kicking their ass right now. Yeah, we're starting to see a trend here with with the way that they're losing. It's solely based. It's not Peter Mrazek's fault. 
Uh, it's not George, uh, uh, Howard's fault. Uh, it's solely based on the defense and the lack of leadership that they have on the defensive side. Obviously, they have Mike Green, but he's more of an offensive defenseman. Uh, He already has three goals and five assists this year. He's tied for the the most amount of points on the team. And if you have a defenseman that's tied for the most Mm -hmm. amount of points on your team, it's typically not a good thing. You you typically want them to, you know, play defense, um, also contribute to the offensive side of the game, but typically just play defense. That's what I would want out of a guy like that. Uh, sure. Again, it's good to have a guy that can that can do both, but he's not really making a whole lot of noise on the defensive mm. side of the game. Brennan Smith, he's been inconsistent. Danny DeKaiser, he still hasn't really showed what he's made of. Jonathan Erickson, he just needs to leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you still got younger guys. You know, you got Ryan Sproul, Alexi Marchenko. We'll see what they can do later on in the season when mm-hmm. we might have to rely on them. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall is still not back from injury. His knee is still uh, a lingering can rely problem. On him anyways, I mean, he seems right. To be he's like thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Him, yeah. He, yeah, he's it's really aging. He'll be retiring within the next season or two. So as long as they consistently play defense and they can still score with uh, new guys, Thomas Vanek, he's got seven goals. Been unbelievable. Uh, he's such been, a good, he's such been real a good, good. sign. He's yeah. the best it's, player. It's been perfect. And then with the younger guys like Anthony Siu and uh, Thomas Tatar and all those guys still, Darren Nyquist, Helm's been... Larkin. Yeah, Larkin, Larkin Nyquist. Key. Darren Helm has been surprisingly good on the offensive side as mm-hmm. well this season. So if they can just play consistent defense, I think that they can get in easily. I think they can be a six or seven seed. Yeah. Um, Not really anything higher than that, just because of the other elites in the conference with Pittsburgh and all those capitals, uh, Capitals, uh, New York Rangers. I I think a ceiling for this team would be a first round, like get through the first round. And that's the most they could do. Just a wide run again. Last couple years, as long as they don't face Tampa Bay in the first round. Not a one and done. Tampa Bay has had their numbers in the playoffs. So yeah, I think, I think the most that they could do is win the first round. And that's about it. After that, after that, I don't think they could get further. I think they could. I'm saying it's, it's a possibility. Do I think they will? No, but but it's a possibility is what I'm saying. They need to add a defenseman. They should have traded for Jacob Truba. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I think they could they could still pull that trade off. There's the guy from uh, Anaheim too that they kept talking about. I forgot I forgot his name, but what they wanted for him was Anthony Mantha, the guy on oh, no the way. guy on Anaheim. He's you, really good young defenseman you too. Yeah, you can't. No, but this guy's Mantha. a really really good young defenseman. Like everyone, all the experts were saying it would be a good move for Detroit because you already have Holland fun, doesn't like you already have enough firepower offensively. Though. Yeah, you have Larkin, Tatar, Nyquist, all these guys. You need def- you need defense. Yep, definitely. you're doing this without Mantha. You, you have the goaltender. You have the offense. You just need to build a solid defense. Yeah. And, and it starts with the young it. guys. Don't get these old guys that are going to be dead in a th- yeah. three yeah. years. Yeah. Start Please. with roll. Start with Marchenko. Do what you're doing the offensive side and the defensive side, and we'll have a powerhouse in a couple years. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. You guys have any doubts about the Pistons at all? I, I mean, I think they can win a couple rounds. They're not going to go to the NBA Finals or no, anything. I mean, that's, I, I love what they're building. Good young foundation, and the, and Ish Smith was a really good pickup. That's he's not, doing that's, gr- he's been great without Reggie exactly. Jackson. Exactly, that about, was their the Achilles Hill last year. Back. Was their backup point guard? That's yeah. not an issue anymore. Reggie There's Jackson, no problems with Ish Smith. When, no, no, not at all. Not, when not Reggie Jackson bit. comes back, this team will do some work. That's what I'm saying. I think that they. Could, I love the Pistons. Yeah, they could definitely at least get a series win this year in the playoffs. I really definitely. think it just depends where they get, end up getting matched up <laughs> with. I mean, once you get to Cleveland, I just don't see them beating Cleveland. I think but they that, could beat anyone except for Cleveland if they played yeah. their best basketball like they did last year. Exactly. 
exactly. They or could win one or two games against Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, they, they should have last they're year. They're not going to win the series. They should have last year. Having been there, close. having been there last season, now I think that that's going to help them a lot. When it you got to go to the playoffs first and lose exactly. to go back and win. Exactly. And, yeah. that, and that sweep was one of the closest sweeps you're ever going to see. So I mean, that was a really close series. Yeah, it didn't feel. It felt like it went seven games, not a sweep. The Pistons are a team that are only going up. In my opinion, I don't. I don't see a lot of downside to that team at all. I'm looking at their schedule right now and. They, they got a game tonight at home against the Knicks. Um, but a lot of these upcoming games are away, so we'll see how they do against that. Uh, obviously, away against Brooklyn, that shouldn't be a problem. Brooklyn's not that uh, good of a team. But then you go home to play Denver, and then you've got four straight away games at the Los Angeles Clippers, at the Suns, at the Spurs, and then at the Nuggets again, which the Nuggets have actually been pretty good against the Pistons the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what yeah, they can do against yeah. them. But then they got a home game. Their next home game after that four-game uh, road stretch is against the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's that's not an easy win either. And then they got two other away games. You go to New York, the Knicks, and then you go to Cleveland. So uh, if they lose a bunch of these, I wouldn't be particularly surprised. Yeah. But then after that, they got a home stretch. Hmm. So I, it, it's all just you got to win it one game at a time. Um, but we'll see what they can do. I don't really have many doubts against the Pistons uh, getting back to the playoffs. So we'll see what they I'm can more confident do. Them, in them than the Red Wings for the first time in a long time. Yeah, me too. Sure. Are you? Yeah, same. I'm on the same page with that. Awesome. By the way, the other Detroit team, they, they do play this Sunday. I could have swore they had a bye. I just looked it up. November 6th, they play the Vikings. Oh, they do? I could have swore they were on bye this week. It must so be it must after be. this yeah. game. Oh, then. yeah, because even though they play, they play the Vikings, they have a bye. I forget who they play after the bye. Then, then it's, it's Thanksgiving. Jacksonville or something. Then they play the Vikings They play the Vikings at Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, yes. so that makes sense that they, they don't have a bye this so, yeah, week. Yeah, you were right. I could have swore I, yeah. from everything I heard they were on bye this week. It's all right. Getting back to a little football, not particularly NFL, but college, we're going to do our spread picks for the week. So so we got five again this week. We're going to start with uh, the Alabama Crimson Roll Tide. They are favored by seven and a half. They're at LSU. What do you got, Colin? Give me LSU uh, with With, that. With the points, huh? Yeah, it'll be closer than a seven-point game. LSU at home. At Death Valley, a night game. They're going to give them everything they got. They're rolling now with after the change of quarterback. I think it'll be a field goal game. Bama will win, most likely, but LSU's been playing tough. Agreed 100%. I think it's a close game. I think it's a field goal game. I I, I think playing on the road, Alabama will have some trip-ups, and I think it'll be a close game, but I, just, I can't see them losing. I just don't see it. I don't see Alabama losing either. I think it's going to be over what the point spread is. I think it'll be like 10 points. I think it'll still be close, but I think Alabama will cover the spread. Maybe like a close first half? It'll be, yeah, 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 exactly. Kind of it'll be close in the first half mm-hmm. relatively, and then Alabama will just roll out in the second half and just steamroll them. So that's sure. what I got. I'm going with Alabama. You guys got LSU. Next up, Nebraska. They are getting 17 mm-hmm. points to start the game at Ohio State. So Ohio State is heavily favored oh in this gosh. one. Uh, what do you guys got? <laughs> Nebraska. Put your. I'd bet a million dollars on that. Yeah. Ohio State just beat Northwestern by four Three. points. Nebraska's been great all year. Barely lost at Wisconsin. This game might be like a field goal or no more than a touchdown game. No, I. Agree. Ohio State's been struggling. Exactly. I, I don't see Ohio State winning that game by seventeen. That's a ridiculous. I. That's that must. Who be made Vegas that spread? Did you make I, that spread? No. Yeah. It's on, on Sharks.com. I, I can't see no. that happening at all. Nebraska's definitely going to make that a close game. They just went to overtime, right, with Wisconsin. With Wisconsin, who Wisconsin took, took Ohio, Ohio State, State to, to overtime. overtime as well. And Ohio so, State was every game they've had in the Big a Ten touchdown. Been close. A, well, Northwestern was a touchdown away from beating Ohio State last week. So yeah. Ohio State only won by four, and that was at Columbus. 
granted, this is at Columbus as well. But Nebraska's much better than Northwestern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Light years ahead of Northwestern. I am taking Nebraska as well with those 17. points. Iowa is getting seven and a half at Penn State. Let's give me Penn State in that. Penn State's been rolling since mm-hmm. the Michigan loss. Like, they look like, like a completely different yep, team. Exactly. I swear Joe Paz came back from the grave and has his boys <laughs> playing defense again. Um, yeah, Penn State's been looking really good. Saquon Barkley's great. Um, Iowa kind of sucks. He's been good yeah, all season. That's yeah, Nitty Lions for sure. I'm taking Penn State, too. I, I think Iowa's a team that right now just doesn't have a lot of confidence, so I, I still think that I'd take Penn State. If this was at Iowa, I would have a different answer, but I'm with you guys. I'm going with Penn State. Um, Iowa played Wisconsin tough at Iowa. Very good. Point. I think Iowa's going to play U of M mm-hmm. tough at Iowa mm-hmm. as well. That's a night game. Yeah, so that's I'm gonna nervous be tough for you. Yeah, that's that's it's gonna a be a good one. game. It will not be as close as people think it. You don't think it's so? Be, no. Michigan will dominate at Hawkeyes, night I think. with that crowd and well, everything else. I think it's a, Iowa's no offense. We'll true. wait to see the spread for yeah. next week. Because with Michigan, wait, is that, is that, that's the next game, right? That is, yeah, this Saturday you have Maryland, Maryland, and then, and then, then it's Iowa. Iowa, then Indiana, then Ohio State. I mean, really, that's going to be probably Michigan's first real road test because this week at Michigan State, you guys saw that crowd on Saturday, right? That was ridiculous how many Michigan fans were in that crowd. Oh, I, was oh, I loved it. So, yep. it's like the big we'll house. See. I'm going to go with Penn State as well. I think they will roll against Iowa. Next up, speaking of U of M, they are favored by 31 points at home this weekend against Maryland. What do you guys have? Wait, 31? 31 points. Go blue. You're going Maryland, Michigan. Maryland ain't that good. If it was at Maryland, it'd be but closer. Bro, they beat Michigan State. But bro, Michigan <laughs> State is horrible. And Michigan I should know. beat them by fifty. No, Michigan will will come back this week and roll the Terrapins. Not so fast. Oh, oh boy, come back. I think it's closer. I think Maryland makes that game a lot closer than that. I think I still think Michigan wins the game by like yeah. ten to seventeen points. But no, That's I it? I I'm saying DJ Durkin coming back coming back home. I think he's gonna have those boys playing tough. I I I think it's a closer game than people. It's gonna think. be absolute bloodbath. I don't think it will be 31. I think it will be closer to 24, 25, somewhere in that That's range. That's reasonable too. So I don't think it's gonna be 31. I think Jim Harbaugh coming back home. They'll be ready. Oh yeah, they will be ready, especially against DJ Durkin. I'm sure <coughs> Durkin is excited to be back and to see Harbaugh and all his old buddies. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be like 24, or 25. Somewhere I, there. I, Michigan's not gonna lose their season to a team like that. I just think it's no, gonna be a close. No, game. it's not. Michigan's gonna be not losing Maryland. until yeah. at least Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, Ohio, they're gonna if, yeah. if they lose that one. Yeah. Finally, we have our Central Michigan Chippewas. I always save this one for last. They are favored this week. Uh, This is a Friday game, by the way. It's at Miami of Ohio. They're favored by four on the road. That's tough because Miami is really bad. Yeah, Miami's really bad. Fire up chips. They'll come back and win this game by a touchdown because Miami's horrible. But CMU is not a good team by any means anymore. Don't let don't let them fool you anymore. like they were, because after Oklahoma State, oh dude, we should be ranked. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna roll the boat on West. Yeah. 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 Everyone, everyone was sipping the cool, like, uh, the uh, maroon yeah. and gold Kool-Aid. I still don't know how on any world they beat Oklahoma State, who just beat West Virginia. I just still don't understand that game. Yeah, I'm, Luke. I'm gonna take CMU as well. I think that this is the week they kind of finally find themselves again because. I mean, last week I didn't get the chance to watch the game, but from what I heard, that was a lifeless crowd and a lifeless team, and it just didn't really seem like there was anything there. Yeah. So I think I think this week on it's, it's on the road, right? It is on the road. Yeah. I think it's, they kind of find Miami themselves on Friday. again this week, and I think they win by about a touchdown. This is a tough one for me because, as I said last week, the key to CMU's offense is Cooper Rush not turning over the ball, 
and he turned it over two or three times this past weekend. He had interception after interception. After he, he doesn't have time to throw. Yeah, yeah the yeah. offensive line hasn't been helping him out. But I he had. I I saw some some of the the highlights from from the game uh, this morning actually, and he he had a pretty bad interception. But I will go with CMU. I think that they will get things moving. I think they'll become bowl eligible. Not mm-hmm. meaning that they will go to a bowl game, but they will become eligible to receive a bid to go to a bowl game. I think they'll win by a touchdown. So that is it for our spread picks this week. Hopefully we get all of those correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's not even possible. <laughs> <laughs> Never has. Nope. So finally, to wrap up the show, as always, we got our studs and our duds for the week. Andy, who is your stud? My stud is Amara Darbo. I think it's kind of a one that goes under the radar, but he had eight catches for 165 yards against MSU, and some of those catches he were making was, were ridiculous. I mean, some, a couple of one-handed grabs I saw in there. He, he made plays to keep Michigan moving the ball and kind of keep Michigan State's offense off the field, which was actually giving Michigan's defense trouble. So I think Amara Darbo played a bigger role in that game than people might have thought, and that's why he's my stud this week. Colin? My stud, uh, the other big Michigan guy on the other side of the ball, Jabril Peppers, <laughs> Mr. Well. Do-Everything-For-Michigan, just took over that game single-handedly. And in the spotlight against the big rival, I think he, he proved the whole country. He's not overrated. He deserves all the hype he's been getting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to kind of stray away from U of M. I am going to go back to baseball, and I'm going to go with Araldis Chapman just because of the clutch performance he had two nights ago, basically sealed the deal for the Chicago Cubs to keep their season alive, forced game six in Cleveland. He went two and two-thirds innings, just gave up one hit. He had no walks, which is surprising for how fast he throws. He had four strikeouts and 42 pitches. Incredible game for him, incredible game for Chicago. They are rolling. Who is your dud, Andy? My dud is the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is a team that everyone thought was going to kind of keep rolling with with the defense that they got, but now I think the the AP injury and the Teddy Bridgewater injury are kind of starting to finally show, especially last night on Monday Night Football losing to the Bears. I mean, I know the Lions did it, but you expect that kind of a thing on the Lions. (laughs) You don't really expect that out of a team that was playing as good as Minnesota. So I think, I mean, back to back weeks, they've only put up ten points. It's it's pathetic. They need to play better than that. I think they are. I think they could be playing Mm -hmm. better than that, and they're just not. So yeah, Minnesota Vikings are my dud. My dud is the state news, which is the MSU <laughs> the MSU <laughs> student newspaper. You guys all saw their front page. Uh, de- I saw it. Defeated oh with goodness. dignity. Oh my uh, It's funny before that uh, there was no, no such thing as more victories, but it's like, but now it's like, hey, we didn't get blown out. We're not, we're not so bad. Oh and in the goodness. article, and the guy was tweeting too that the, the game was very evenly matched. And if Michigan State would have kicked a field goal the one time or uh, or got a touch on another drive, they would have beat Michigan. Get over yourselves. The only yeah. reason you were in that game is Michigan got conservative. You got yeah, dominated. Seriously. So just stop it. Just stop it. That's yeah. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> There's no moral victories. But, you know, we didn't get blown out, though. And that's what they were really exclaiming, too, is, hey, at least we uh, covered the spread. But how can so, you be proud of that? Yeah. I mean, in, in, so that is a moral oh, victory. Paper, right? That's horrible. You lost. Get over yourselves, Michigan State. You lost six in a row. Um, that is very good, Dud. I do appreciate you bringing that up. I, th- I found that very funny. My Dud, um, as Colin would call him, is Jim No Balls Caldwell for the uh, the outrageous performance that he had on Sunday against Houston at Houston. He decided to not uh, go for uh, the kick down uh, down the field. He instead decided to go for an onside kick with uh, all three timeouts with the two-minute warning and with uh, just about three minutes left in the game. Uh, I found that very, very strange that you would go for an onside kick that early. I think that if you kick it down the field and you try to force 
a three and out or, you know, at least try to force some pressure on Brock Osweiler because they didn't mm-hmm. get any on him during that final drive. And the run game really, really proved to be a little too much for the Lions. Uh, and Jim also didn't decide to challenge a fumble against DeAndre Hopkins, which I also found very interesting. Clearly a fumble. It was clearly a fumble. And they got they a field goal They would have had the ball back. They got a field goal out of it. They, it could have changed the entire game. Yep. Um, when asked about the whole not challenging it uh, after the game, he said that he stood by it. And he, you know, you know, basic Jim Caldwell things, you know, well, we'll look at uh, we'll look at the videotape and uh, we'll get better. And We don't talk know, about injuries. Yeah, we don't talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at the injury report is basically <laughs> what he always says. So, Jim, no balls called well. Is Literally had no balls in that call. No balls, no call. Uh, we'll see if they can But decided to try to have balls on the onside kick, which is not the time to have balls, no balls called yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It was a little strange, to say the least. We'll see if he can keep his job after the season. Um, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. We have run out of time for this episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk at you guys next time.